Are you ready to take your leadership skills to the next level? Do you want to lead with confidence, inspire your team, and achieve your career goals? I'm excited to announce Lead Intuit is now offering leadership coaching. Picture this, 60 minutes of focused one-on-one coaching that will transform the way you lead. Whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out on your leadership journey, Lead Intuit has the expertise and guidance to help unleash everyone's full leadership potential. With one-on-one coaching with me, you'll develop powerful leadership strategies, enhance your communication skills, build a high-performing team, and achieve your career aspirations. The website, leadintoit.co, is your gateway for us to work together and create a tailored coaching plan to fit your needs and goals. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to supercharge your leadership skills. Visit leadintoit.co, that's leadintoit.co, today. You're listening to episode 31 of the Lead Into a Podcast. I'm Sarah Greco, and I have over 10 years of experience in various roles and industries. During this time, I learned just how crucial leadership is as both an employee and a leader myself. This has led me on a mission to inspire and provide resources for those who have a desire to be a leader in both their career and their lives. The Lead Into a Podcast is designed to help you learn how to be a leader with advice, tools, tips, and inspiration from people with all different types of backgrounds. Let's get started. I firmly believe that leaders can exist in many different ways. So not only with a manager or director-like title. Melissa Cherenki-Posich is one of those leaders for me and for many others. Melissa is a choreographer, an instructor at Class Studios Fitness, a former NBA dancer, and NHL ice girl. Her mission is to share her love for dance with everyone in the world and make dance accessible for anyone anywhere. She says she loves watching her students grow not only with dance, but in confidence. I've seen this and experienced this growth during her dance classes, and it is something magical. This episode is one that I've been looking forward to sharing for some time because that skill of replacing fear with confidence is something I hope all leaders strive to learn how to do for their team and for themselves. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Melissa, I am so excited to talk to you. It's been a while since I've seen you and I have to tell you, I miss your dance class so much. (laughs) It was such a like inspirational thing. Oh my gosh. I miss you too. You should come to class. Um, but yeah, (laughs) but yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been a wild year just Mm -hmm. with everything shutting down and then all the restrictions. And, um, I mean, it's just been crazy for everybody. So, but yeah, yeah. I'm so excited that you asked me to be on. Yeah, I love your background. I love kind of where you're going. Um, Just really quick for the audience. So Melissa has a dance class over at Class Studios now in Dallas. And I originally went to one of her classes because, and I'll let her explain the dance class a little bit, but I went to one of her classes and I loved it because my friend Maggie, who also is uh, at Class Studios, posted it on her Instagram and it just looked like so much fun. So I went up like at the same time with a bunch of coworkers, uh, a couple, I think it was like two years ago. And then Mm -hmm. Melissa was awesome enough to do like a team builder with my new set of office mates (laughs) that I had. And it was so much fun. It was so great. Melissa, why don't you go into a little bit of your background and introduce yourself to the audience? 
Okay. Um, so my name is Melissa Cherenke Bozich, which is a mouthful, but (laughs) (laughs) um, MCB for short now, but I have been dancing my entire life. It's always been a part of my life along with that, like team sport kind of mentality. Um, and after college, I, was a member of the Dallas Stars Ice Girls and then the Dallas Mavericks Dancers. And actually what's so funny is (laughs) I took a few years off um, during college. I did not dance um, at all, really. Mm -hmm. I I, I went to a few dance classes, but that was it. But I miss dance so much. And so I decided to try out for some pro teams. And I was never so I wound up being a captain on stars oh wow Um, that's amazing it it was really cool um and I only say that because I was never the best dancer on the team you know what I mean on any Mm -hmm. of the teams and I think if you're a dancer and you've danced in the professional realm at all um or really in any type of like dance team environment you're never the best one in the room right Mm -hmm. um and so me personally with my, I am not really anymore, but I used to have a lot more, I guess, anxiety than I do now. And I would get so upset and I would take things really personally. And there was just a lot of pressure and stress that comes along with that. Even though truly those five years were like the best years of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? They were amazing, amazing Mm -hmm. years, but on the flip side of the coin, there was like constant pressure, constant stress, constant anxiety. And so that kind of overshadowed the, um, dance aspect of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I decided to retire, you know, yes, my life was a lot more stress-free, but I so, so missed like dancing all the time and having a group of, women or men, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That supported each other and that pushed each other and, you know, all of that. So I, this is very, it was actually this whole kind of journey with my classes has been one of the most organic things I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so it's funny because with that comes a lot of other stuff, but I'm sure we'll get into later, but um, (laughs) I, was at a fitness ambassadors event. So because I missed this like team camaraderie, I decided to join the fitness ambassadors, um, in Dallas. And we had a group like bar class at extend, which is the studio Mm -hmm. that I wound up working at. Um, and the owner of the studio was friends with somebody that I danced with on stars. And so she was like, Hey, aren't you friends with so-and-so? And, you know, we're looking to have a dance class here. Um, cause they did all different types of classes at that studio. And so she was like, would you want to try it? And my immediate, I wanted to do it so bad, but my immediate reaction was like, nobody would come to a dance class that I <laughs> Yeah. And it was just like all of those years of putting myself down in my own head. Um, through dancing of like, you're the worst one here. And I was never the worst dancer on the team, but that's like what I told myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like when you're in your early twenties and you're constantly comparing yourself to others and like, it just gets very stressful and it has an impact. Right. So that was my first thing. So I actually told the studio owner, I was like, I'll do it. 
but I don't want to like, I don't want to make any promises that this is going to be a big hit and let's just do like five classes and see how it goes. And so that was the original plan was we're going to test this out for five classes. If it books up or at least has, you know, maybe like 60 to 75% of the room is filled, we'll continue on afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think after my first or second class, I started like selling out, you know, (laughs) the week before my class started, which was really incredible to me um, because it just kind of, I wasn't even like seeking it out. It was just Mm -hmm. kind of an opportunity that I was like, okay, I'll try it. Um, And I really didn't think it was going to go anywhere. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and that just turned into, I mean, it wasn't sold out every week, but I mean, I taught there for just about a year. It was packed. Yeah. Like even if it wasn't sold out, it was like you, it was definitely pre COVID times. Like (laughs) we're really close to one another and it's usually a incredible group of people. Oh yeah. So, and I don't know how I got so lucky to have just like the coolest people coming to my class, just so supportive Mm -hmm. and so encouraging. And I think, you know, I really wanted that environment. Like that was really important to me because there are a lot of dance classes, not just in Dallas, but nationally that you go to and it's competitive, man. It's Mm -hmm. like people are elbowing each other to get to the front of the room (laughs) Like people are circled up talking about other people. And I mean, the dance industry, there's just so few opportunities for everybody. And there, it's so like, there's so many people in the industry that it just, it gets really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and not all of that is catty. It's just kind of how it is. And so I really wanted to make sure that like my class was just for fun And it was for people that maybe they felt insecure and they wanted to have a safe place to come and just party, you know what I mean? And maybe learn how to become a better dancer, or even if it was just for the workout, you know what I mean? I knew all different people would have all different motives for coming in the room. So, um, I wanted to make it supportive and welcoming for everybody. And I think that's just the energy that I like put into it Mm -hmm. and just kind of grew from there. So I've been really lucky in that aspect. So I don't know. It just all kind of happened. It just all kind of <laughs> fell in my lap. It's so bizarre. Um, and then, you know, about a year later, the opportunity to teach at class came to me, um, which was amazing. So that first year, actually, we got nominated for the studio hop, like best. Right. I remember that. It was wild. And I didn't win, but like, that doesn't even matter to me. It was like the fact that in Dallas, which is such a Mm -hmm. huge fitness town, you know, like everybody's into studios. There's so many great options for that. And the fact that like I was nominated for that just kind of blew my mind. Um, (laughs) so Paige at class studios is one of my good friends and she's the owner of Preston center. And she had, you know, mentioned at an event, she was like, so we're opening the second studio and it has a space that would be really good for a dance class if you're interested. And I was just like, Oh my God, yes. I'd love to come work for you guys. And it also would really help my students too, because number one, a lot of them were already members at class or instructors at class. Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then also the room is so much bigger at class than it was at extend. (laughs) So that was great. So I, you know, kept bugging her until they opened the lab at Preston center and 
we started there in February of 2020 and then everything shut down, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which was wild, but we were, you know, selling out 50 person classes for a month and a half until COVID shut down every gym. So, you know, we're doing what we can. We have like 50% capacity or maybe it's 25. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. 20, 30, maybe. Well, uh, I think it's like, what do you have? Like 16 people in a class now versus yeah. the 50? Yes. Yes. So it's like around 30%. I think. Yeah. But yeah. So it's just like, Things have taken a step back, but it's also a really good advantage for, for other things like starting a virtual class, which yeah. is so cool. But yeah, basically that's kind of like my journey with, um, class and we're still going strong. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to say that I know you keep saying that you're lucky, but you are not lucky because you work hard. Yeah, <laughs> I see the energy that you put into these classes and it's, uh, I don't know if it's new choreography, but it's usually like diverse choreography every several weeks. And, um, she teaches it so well. And the energy that Melissa brings to the class is always like, just bring your whole self who cares what anyone's looking looks like. If you feel confident, it's the greatest. So you leave, you enter the class, you're like, mm, I'm not sure. And then you get like, four or five times into the choreography and you're like, yeah, I'm a sexy bee. Like what's (laughs) happening? I'm doing this. So you just make everyone feel more confident. I think that energy is what brings people to your class as well as the fun and the professionalism and the amount of effort that you put into the choreography itself with the music. So it's so fun. So if you're in Dallas, definitely go, uh, class has an online option. And then I think they still do. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and then you're starting your own thing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So that's actually been crazy and wild and organic too. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I'll start this by like in the fall of 2019. So I'd only been teaching for like maybe eight months ish. Um, it was like October. So I had a girl, my friend, Kyla, she came to one of my classes and she came right up to me after class. And she was like, I know you don't know me, but I know this guy that could really help you like with marketing. And I was just like, "Eh, whatever. Like, I don't, I didn't really want to talk to him (laughs) (laughs) just because, you know, you get the runaround from like all these salespeople Mm -hmm. and, but Kyla was super, super sweet. And she was like, no, trust me. You like have to go meet with him. And I was just like, okay, let's, let's do it then. So I met with him and he basically pitched me this idea of doing an online course um, where every week people would get new choreography. And he was actually pitching me from the agency perspective of like trying to get me as a client. And at the time I just really did not have the budget. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I would love to do this. And then also I was kind of in the back of my head again. And I asked Noah this, his name's Noah, my partner. And I Mm -hmm. asked him in the meeting, I was like, who would want to do this? Like for me, like, who am I to come out with this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, there's this whole theme of like, I was not believing in myself through this process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, um, I was just kind of like, who would want to do that? So, um, we, 
tabled it because I was like, I don't have a budget, you know, for, to like put in, you know, all this money towards marketing every month. And Mm -hmm. so (laughs) then February or March happened of Mm -hmm. 2020. (laughs) So 2020 hits all the studios close and we go home and, um, I start doing zoom classes. Well, first we did it on the class studios Vimeo. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were getting crazy numbers because I was promoting it on my Instagram. And now rather than just like, okay, people in Dallas, it was anyone. Yep. I remember that. (laughs) And it was free and it was like, anybody could come. Um, also it was like a lot of people who had been too scared to come to class could now try it at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, I mean, we had crazy numbers. And so I wound up emailing Noah and I was like, Hey, so (laughs) I'm ready to go because actually people do want to do this, (laughs) Um, but it's kind of funny, right? So uh, everything shutting down kind of became this huge blessing. So we wound up getting started together and Noah was like, um, I want to go in on this with you. And so we decided to become business partners and Mm -hmm now I, you know, own a company, which is crazy. <laughs> Congratulations. That's amazing. Um, and we're getting more and more members every day. I mean, I have right now, I think the last time, hold on, let me pull it up. The last time I checked, well, I'll check right now. Okay. We have 115 members. All uh, right. And you just started this, right? Yeah. So it's only been one month. Um, the 15th is when we launched our website. Okay. So it's really exciting. Um, and December 15th. And I, things are only going to go up from here. We have a lot of things in the works, but, um, I I'm like shook. It's just been so crazy. The whole thing from start to finish is nuts. <laughs> I, all of this is amazing because it's interesting how life throws you exactly what you need, but you didn't even know you needed it. And then yeah. it's like, here's a tragedy or a pandemic that is just yeah. epically changing. And it's like, well, but here, like this will actually open up doors yeah. that you never thought existed or that you closed and actually you need to open back up. Oh, totally. It's been the most bizarre thing is all of this, I feel like has just fallen in my lap. And it's funny because you say I work so hard. I do work insanely hard. <laughs> it's absurd the amount of work that I do. Like I have a full-time job during the day. That's insane. I didn't, I was wondering that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I work during the day in sales and advertising sales for um, CBS radio. Okay. So, which has also been wild during the pandemic because no one's been in their car. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's what I do during the day. And then I teach my class weekly still. So I'm having to come up with the choreography for that film it, which 2021 has not been my best with filming and putting up combos, but usually I try to film the combo and post it on my Instagram so that people can see. And then I teach Thursday night. And then on top of that, now I'm adding in everything that comes with a new business, right? Mm -hmm. So my partner handles all of the marketing, but for me, it's all of the creative content. It's all of, you know, now I'm dealing with customer service, which hopefully we plan to hire somebody, you know, later on, but right Mm -hmm. now we're still in that building phase. So it's like, I'm doing customer service. So anytime anybody asks a question, which we're putting ads out to so many people. So I'm getting a lot of questions and adding that on and then trying to post content and trying to figure all of it out about like, okay, so 
I also am from, I need to make clear the differentiation between the in-studio classes and online classes. So mm-hmm. it's just been a while, but it's been so exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I'm really jazzed about it. So I, I, jazzed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like it. yeah, I'm just trying to figure out too, you know, how to bring that energy that I think is so important to my in-person classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think, like you said, drives people there. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to bring that to an online platform, right. Where there's not a room full of people screaming yeah. in your for you. And there's not, you know, I'm not jab, like jumping in, in the middle and giving an inspiring talk in the, in the <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, cause normally like when I do that in class, yeah. I read the energy of the room and I'm like, okay, how are people feeling? If they are feeling like if I'm seeing people concentrating too hard, or if they look like they can't do this one part, like that's what I'm going to approach the class with. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't just use like blanket things to every class. So I'm starting to kind of like record clips of tips and tricks and ways to get involved. And we're coming up with like community, like we have a Facebook group for us and all of that stuff is kind of in the works too. So it's just been like really, really cool. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love how this kind of all developed. I do want to go back to your star days really quick because mm-hmm. you talked about you being a captain. So how is that how is that selection process and how was it being the captain of a dance team for a pro team? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um when like you think of it like that. <laughs> um, you being on the on any pro team. And I'm sure like pro athletes feel like this too. It's just your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem like anything special when you're going through it. Um, but sometimes I do look back and like, I I talk to Nick about it all the time. I'm like, that was my life for like a long time. Like Mm -hmm. I was in the professional sports, like world, like I was, you know, at the highest level of an athlete that you could go in the dance world, you know, Um, just other than in that genre. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's pretty crazy, but the selection process for that is basically over your tenure, they just kind of pick people who have leadership strength. I think I was, like I said, I was never the best dancer on the team, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think that I was really positive or I hope to think that I was positive and encouraging to my teammates. And, um, I think a lot of the stress that I went through, um, in my early years on those teams contributed to like my outlook when I was a more senior vet. Mm -hmm. And so I really made sure to be careful when I was talking to rookies and not put anybody down and make sure that everybody knew what they were doing. So I think, you know, being on the opposite side of it for so long, it gave me the experience to kind of go, okay, when I was a rookie, my captains had approached me this way instead of this way, I probably would have felt better about the things that I was hearing, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I think that really helped and, you know, I, they just kind of make the selection. Like they just kind of announce it at practice, um, when you've been there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so what was one thing that you would try to make sure and help out with the rookies or maybe, do to bring the team together? So that's actually funny. I'm trying to like be like, say this in a very neutral way, like PC about it. When I was a rookie and actually through the whole, the, the ice girls, there's not a lot of like 
figure skaters in Dallas, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, just in general in Texas, ice hockey and figure skating wasn't very big when I was growing up. So you have all these dancers at auditions and not a lot of skaters, right? And mm-hmm. so basically when you audition as a dancer, they make sure to cross train you so that in your second year on the team, you can do both, right? So you can oh, be cool. down on the ice and also dance on the platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my first time going down on the ice, you're terrified because you're at the American Airlines Center during a pro game and it's, there's 20,000 people watching you. Um, and if you're not a figure skater and you just learned how to skate in like, you know, eight months or whatever, mm-hmm. you're just terrified. And on top of that, there are very, very strict rules. Um, like the, I, everything at all of these games, Cowboys, Mavs, Stars is precisely timed out with the television schedule, mm. which like, even, you don't really think about it at all, but like the ice girls in particular, they have to clean that whole sheet of ice in under two minutes. Um, wow. because if the TV break, it's called a TV timeout. If the TV timeout's over and you're still out on the ice, then they can't start the game. Yeah. Right. So then that results in the stars getting a fine from the network because they're going over. Oh, wow. Yeah. The fine's like 10 grand. Like it's absurd. So you have all this pressure. (laughs) (laughs) You have to get every single bit of snow up because so when the guys skate around, Mm -hmm. they create what's called snow, right? Because Mm -hmm. their edges are digging into the ice. And so um, you're essentially shoveling the snow off the ice as your job. And if you leave any and there's a call where like perhaps somebody shoots the puck and it's going on the ice and it slows down and the goalie is able to catch it because there was snow on the ice. Those are like controversial calls, right? Oh, wow. I had yeah, no so, idea. Yeah. So like you can actually affect the play of the game. Mm-hmm. which is why sometimes when they have like big, big games, um, they'll use the NHL ice crews that are like really, really hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do all of this and you have to do it in under two minutes. So getting to the point of that whole, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was a rookie, my first time on the ice, I was getting screamed at by some of my veterans because I was leaving snow. Cause I was so terrified that mm-hmm. I would like go out on the ice and I would like black out. And mm-hmm. so I like, wasn't doing it properly. Right. And so yeah. You know, I'd get back in the tunnel and our captain at the time was screaming in my face and like pounding on the glass and showing me everywhere that I screwed up. Um, And I just was like, I didn't hear that very well. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than, you know, being constructive, I got my feelings hurt a lot. And Mm -hmm. it's just lots of situations like that. You know what I mean? Where it could, the delivery could have been a lot more professional, a lot more encouraging as in like, you don't suck. Um, but here is what you could do better, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think I took that into my time as a captain and I really tried with the rookies, like to work with them one-on-one. Like I, you know, rather than just yelling at them that they were doing it wrong, I would say, let's go up to the star center an hour before practice and we can work on your skating form. So you're not falling everywhere when you try to skate. So just Mm -hmm. using the things that I learned to kind of help others was very important to me. Um, And I wasn't perfect at it, but I think that's, you know, where I really tried to use the experiences, the negative experiences that I had to make it more positive for somebody else. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what a leader should do. 
So I like, and the fact that you recognize that you weren't perfect as a leader means that you probably were a really good leader because <laughs> that means that you recognize you had a lot of self-awareness, which is something that some bad leaders don't recognize. So having the self-awareness is huge. And that gives you a lot more guidance on how to guide others and help them along. Mm -hmm. I think self-awareness is key for everybody. And that is something that I really, really, I, I will say I am proud of myself. I have really good self-awareness, like a very <laughs> goes on sometimes to a fault, but, um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes I overthink things, but overall, I think I have a pretty good grasp on, on how I am as a human most mm -hmm. of the time. <laughs> so you brought up overthinking. I did want to dive a little bit into your, you were talking about your anxiety. Do you mind diving into that a little bit? No, not at all. Okay. So what did it kind of feel like and how have you learned to overcome it or recognize it over the past year, couple years? Okay. So this is so, this is so complex, this answer, because there's a lot of, but I'll try to, I'll try to keep it short. There's a oh, lot of things after my, I guess, dance career was over. I started drinking a lot mm. um, and I wound up getting sober. So going into treatment, getting into recovery, actually the same year that I started teaching dance, which is wild. Um, and do that when you get into recovery, there's so much work that you do on yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny because I use the term anxiety, like lightly, because I'm not clinically diagnosed or anything like that. But what was happening is the way that I look at things now, after working the 12 steps, it teaches you to be self-aware, right? It teaches mm -hmm. you to be in tune with how you're making other people feel in tune with how you're feeling and getting to the core motives of why I'm feeling like this. Hmm. Right. And that's, what's really been the key is, um, I used to get very overwhelmed by emotions. Right. And so if I felt an anxious, it was never, what is at the root of my anxiety? Right. And so this doesn't really apply to people with like clinical anxiety. Obviously you want to go see a doctor, you want to get treatment, like don't take my word for it, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. but I wound up learning that a lot of the reasons why I was upset came from selfishness. Right. And so like, let's use that example, um, of the girl yelling at me about me leaving my snow. Right. Mm -hmm. I would go into kind of a spiral for a long time where I would just beat myself up and feel terrible about myself. And at the end of the day, I was consumed with fear about what she thought about me. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what, that's what it was at the core. Right. It's what does she think about me? And if she, she thinks this way and she's a senior vet, then do all the other senior vets feel this way about me too? Like I bet mm -hmm. they're all talking crap about me and you know what I mean? So that, that really would launch into like my anxiety and I would get paranoid and like, it was really bad. Um, and that's just a small example, but you know, attacking the motive, like why do I feel this way? Okay. And the solution to that for me now is okay. If that situation happened today, of course it would hurt my feelings because I'm a human, right? Mm -hmm. um, but stopping that spiral comes down to, okay, Melissa, why are you still thinking about this five hours later? Yeah. Rather than it just hurting my feelings and me being like, wow, that person's pretty rude. And then moving on, it's 
my fear of what others think about me. Mm-hmm. And then also it's like me thinking that everybody's obsessed with me and talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> like there's selfishness, right? So it comes down to like selfishness and fear. And at the end of the day, um, what she thinks about me or anybody is none of my business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has really helped in just like all areas of my life. Cause what other people thought about me was a very big concern until mm-hmm. 2017. <laughs> right. And that's okay. I think I was like in my early twenties, I was figuring it out, you know? Um, and I think a lot of people go through that. So I just, you know, being aware of motives today is key. Right. So Mm -hmm. not just like, oh, I feel sad. Ah, oh my God, I'm scared. It's like, okay, Melissa, why are you so upset about this? Like, Mm -hmm. are you making this a way bigger deal than it needs to be? Because people probably aren't talking about you 24 hours later. And if they are, then that's sad for them. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I, of course I still get my feelings hurt. I still, you know, think about things too much sometimes and overthink stuff. But at the end of the day, my fear is not going to accomplish anything, mm-hmm. right? All fear does is it steals time, yes. right? It steals time from my job, from dance, from my husband, from my family. Like it steals valuable time that I could be spending either thinking about or doing something else, mm-hmm. right? I'm sitting there in that fear. So that's kind of, I hope that answers the question. Oh, definitely. And I can completely relate to this. And I agree. I'm not diagnosed with anxiety or any of the sort, but a fear of what people think is huge for me. Like I think over the past couple of years, I heard that quote that you said, which is what other thing other people think of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. And that has really changed the way of how I process things because I do agree. I I think I was like bullied in middle school. So it was uh-huh. one of those where it was like, oh, right. I'm going back to middle school. I'm like, Sarah, you are not middle school anymore. This is ridiculous. Yes. And yes. I just have this fear of people are just like constantly talking about you or, and mm-hmm. it's very much in the negative and you're just, it's, it goes round and round in your head. But the, what you're talking about, that method of like, okay, well, why am I thinking that they're talking about me? Why am I thinking like what is actually happening and embracing whatever mm-hmm. emotion that you're feeling, let yourself feel it in that moment. And then oh. moving on is such a huge process change for me because I would let it eat at me and it eats at you. It's just like, yeah. every time you're around that person, you're like, Oh my gosh, they're thinking horrible things about me. I must go away or just like shrink myself to non-existence. Yes. It steals time. It steals things. Yeah. 100%. I think too, a lot of it is assumptions, right? Yes. And that's something that helps me too is like, am I assuming this or do I know for a fact? Right. And I will say 95, probably 99% of the time, I'm making assumptions. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that this person thinks this of me, or Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that this person is talking about me, or I'm assuming, right? Because I don't actually know. And so at the end of the day, I am making myself crazy over an assumption Mm -hmm. and something that I don't even know if that's reality or not. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's affecting me and nobody else. And it's all based on something that I made up in my head. Yes. I, oh my gosh. I, now I'm like, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? Okay. So they hate me today. Uh, well, if I go under the assumption, they haven't talked to me about this. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming like they haven't brought it up. They haven't brought up a situation where they are angry at me. 
I'm just going to go under the assumption now that they aren't or they don't hate me and then push through with that instead. And nine times out of 10, I would say like they actually weren't. They were probably consumed by something else going on in their life. And it's just, it's a complete, it's that narrative in your head. That's just really loud. It's like, okay, realistically, what could this actually look like? Yes. Yes. And I just feel like with enough experience, like if you look at things that have happened, eventually Mm -hmm. learn it. Right. Cause I remember my first job after dance, I worked for um, smart city apartment locating and it was Mm -hmm. like my first week and I was sitting in my car and I was getting ready to go to lunch. And I, we had to parallel park, which I'm terrible at (laughs) reverse and tapped, like barely tapped the car behind me. Mm -hmm. I sat in my car for, I'm going to say, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes panicking. What do I do? Do I go in and do I say, Oh my God, I tapped someone's car. Like whose car is it? Because I just started this job and I was like, everyone's going to think I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And so finally I did it. I go inside after all this time, like debating and being like, Oh my God, well, you can't just drive off because that's terrible. And I go in and the person comes out whose car it was and looks at it and sees the scratch that I saw that I thought I caused. And they were like, oh, that's been there for two years. Don't worry about it. You didn't. Oh, <laughs> God, I wasted at least 30 minutes of that work day. Mm-hmm. totally just in fear, paralyzed, thinking that everybody would hate me when nothing was even wrong. Like literally nothing happened. I didn't, you know what I mean? I should have mm-hmm. just walked in and say like, Hey, can someone look at their car? Right. Um, but instead I, I wasted all of this time. And so I just, there's lots of little experiences like that, that have happened that are just like, Melissa, stop being so scared of other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like eating They're human alive. too. Yeah. <laughs> Through these experiences, what have you decided to bring to your dance classes based on those? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. So I think I have a unique story in the way, I guess not really story, background is more Mm -hmm. kind of what I'm trying to explain. Um, Coming from someone who experienced a lot of fear and cared way too much about what people thought of me and wasted a lot of time in my head about that stuff. Um, and I saw how it affected my dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I am a much better dancer now than when I was on any of those teams. You know, I was, I was great. I was a great dancer, but I would let my fear of messing up or what other people thought really affect my performance. Um, and so I have a very easy way of recognizing when other people are in fear. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I can see it all over a dancer's face when they're in fear. Um, even if they're faking it, I'm like, I know girl, you're terrified. So I think I bring that, like, I think it's a really great background to actually have because I can empathize with that and I can go, okay, stop the class. Let's all chill out for a second. Y'all are, I can feel the energy in here. Mm -hmm. Y'all are all getting which is really going to separate you from any type of fun experience. You know, if you're worried the whole time about one movement that you keep messing up, like there's always a certain, for every dancer, there's always one part of the combo that like your brain just doesn't gel with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really encourage people, once you find that part of the combination, take it out and do something else, Mm -hmm. you know, try it four or five times and you are just like, you know, blanking out when you come to that section every time, do something different and then catch back on with us when we're done, you know, and I welcome that 
And I really spotlight people who do that Mm -hmm. because that's what I want people to do. You know, my class is not an audition. I'm not judging people (laughs) who is doing my choreography the best. I'm not judging is a harsh word, but like I'm looking at my students and going, okay, who is bringing like their own individual style to it? Mm -hmm. Who's being a smart dancer? Who is going, okay, this isn't working in my body. It Mm -hmm. might work great in Melissa's body, but in mine, it feels awkward. So I'm going to do this other thing. And I really appreciate when people do that. And so that's what I spotlight in class rather than like, who did my choreography the best? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, It's true though. You, um, I remember the first class I went to, you highlighted, uh, Meredith and yeah, she's, she's uh, she was a, I worked with her and so I knew who she was yeah. and you split people up into groups so that there's plenty, there's more space, but it also gives each person a chance to see the other group, see what other people are doing. But you highlighted her because you were like, my eyes were drawn to her because of the energy she brought. And yeah. you were like, she didn't do all the choreography 100% correct. That wasn't it. But she looked like she was enjoying herself. And I thought that was an interesting point to bring up especially during a dance class. Cause I'm like, I didn't get the choreography, right? This person in front yeah. of me better. And then after that, I was like, well, screw this. <laughs> I'm just going to do what makes me feel yeah. good. And it was so much more fun. Yeah. Yes. And that's like the point, right? Yeah. And I always remind my students of that every single class. I'm always like, okay, why did you come here? Did you come here to do the choreography perfect? Or did you come here to learn some dance, get a good workout, have a ton of fun, and then maybe get a cute video for Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, spoiler alert, unless you're dancing next to somebody in your Instagram video, like no one's going to know. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing it differently than the way I taught it. You know what I mean? So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I really love it when people make my choreography their own and maybe add different styles to it or, you know, do their own thing. That's what I want to see, you know, is like creativity and self-exploration and confidence. You know, I would much rather see somebody do everything wrong, but be really confident and having fun than see somebody that's perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's totally the way I approach it. I'm glad that that's your, that was your experience. Cause (laughs) oh yeah. Well, and just to give everyone in the audience an example, the uh, team that I was on that uh, Melissa did a team builder with, there was a very wide range of people. We had everything from a pro dancer to a, like an older gentleman, like being 60s, 70s, I'm not going to guess his age, but Melissa brought the energy to the point where like everyone was bringing their best selves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was so much fun because everyone was like, well, whatever, I'm just going to go ahead and do this and embrace whatever yeah. dance this is. And everyone, honestly, everyone did really well. I was, impressed. everyone killed. That was like one of the most fun privates I've ever done. Like that was <laughs> the last. I think that was my favorite team builder that I've ever done. And we, I, so this is just a fun fact. We actually did it at our holiday party and it was like, everyone's like, you guys need to do the dance. You guys need to do the dance. And we're like, well, okay. And we did it (laughs) twice. We did it twice because the first time nobody was filming and they're like, well, you guys got to do it again to film it for proof. (laughs) So it was just so much fun with this. What advice would you give to others to bring that energy or that mentality to their day-to-day life? Okay. 
Okay, so this is actually funny because it's something that I say in class all the time. And it's also something I just recorded like on our tips video for the Vibe platform. I have this thing, it's called a mantra, okay? So Mm -hmm. right when you're about to perform, what people often do, so when we do, when I say when you're about to perform, I mean like if we're in class and we're going to small groups and you're performing for the other people in the class, right? Mm -hmm. What so many people do is when the music comes on and you're waiting for the cue is in your head, you'll go like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, here we go, Uh here we go. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Like what's the first move? Ah, Like you start to panic, right? Yeah. Um, Because other people are watching you. And what I tell people is that eight count or whatever, 10 seconds before the music comes on is the most key way to set yourself up for success or failure. Mm -hmm. Right. So I tell everybody in class, pick a mantra. So my mantra is I'm a bad B. Okay. That's what I always tell myself. Um, but you can say something like I am, even if it sounds ridiculous and you're like, this might not be true. I'm the best dancer in the room. I'm, you know, confident I'm sexy. I'm whatever I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Right. I just tell everybody pick something to tell yourself. And that is the only thing in your brain before you start dancing. Okay. And so what I tell people at the end of class is I say, and it's funny because you watch everybody just transform. Mm-hmm. After they have their mantra, and that's what they're telling themselves, right? Um, because if we're telling ourselves negative things all the time, even if it's just fear, even if it's just like, ah, oh my God, I don't know it like that, like, then how are you expecting to get it right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To do what you want to do. So, my perspective on it is if you can't cheer yourself on, like, why would anybody else cheer you on? Mm-hmm. I tell everyone at the end of class, I'm like, like take this mantra with you for the rest of the week. Like, so until I see you again, whether it's a presentation at work, whether it's, you know, a big meeting or, you know, you're making a sales pitch or you're talking to your parents about something or your friends, like whatever it is, um, when you start to feel uneasy, tell yourself that mantra, right? Over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over and over. So anytime a negative thought enters your brain, you're combating that with something positive. And eventually it's going to be just like more positive stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really like the biggest piece of advice that I tell people. And I, I think people do it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they do. I've gotten a couple tags. That's like, this is my mantra for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like really my biggest piece of advice because I come off really confident, but it's only after years of practicing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I mean, even when I said yes to like my dance class, I was not confident. I was like, no, one's going to come to this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, and that was, I think 2018 maybe. Mm -hmm. So it's really been the past couple of years, like of just constant telling myself, like, you got this, you can do it. And when Mm -hmm. that doubt starts to creep in be like, no, you're a bad bitch, Melissa. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I, I love that. That's great. And that's a great mantra. And I like how simple it is. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a complicated situation or methodology to apply. It's literally come up with a mantra, say to yourself when you're feeling unsure, uneasy, whatever it is to make yourself confident and then go for it. Yes. 100%. Oh my gosh. Yes. Ah, Melissa, I've had so much fun talking with you. Um, This year, I've started to end my interviews with asking, what is your, if you're a reader, what is your favorite book recommendation? 
for the audience. <laughs> so the reason I'm laughing is because I'm like a big fantasy nerd. <laughs> so, you know, right now I'm reading Star Wars Master and Apprentice. Okay. So I have no contributions for mental health books or like things that will enrich your day-to-day life. <laughs> How, I, I think Star Wars could enrich a day-to-day life. You never know. <laughs> I mean, especially right now with the world, I'm like, everybody needs a little escape. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm reading right now. But if you're looking for um, kind of a way to change the way you look at things, like especially with what we were talking about earlier, fear, mm-hmm. resentment, ego, um, Eckhart Tolle, A New Life is mm-hmm. a really good book. Um, and there's an audio book and a podcast for it too. So that's where I would start. Okay, great. I love Eckhart Tolle. He's awesome. So good. Yeah, so good. Well, so- Again, it was so much fun having you on. I loved our conversation. It was so applicable and I can't wait to go to your dance classes in person. But until then, I will plan on doing some virtually. I'm so excited. Good. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lead Into It. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help future listeners. If you want to learn more about the podcast or me, go to leadintoit.co. That's leadintoit.co. Thanks again.